My name is Kyla and this is my podcast, The American Funeral, a space where we talk about marginalized experiences, all the injustice in our modern day society, and how to do better consciously. This month is Black History Month and I have something, and I had to do something special this month. So I'm doing a series on Black queer icons to give space to these amazing and iconic parts of our history who are not talked about enough. Today, we're going to be doing the late William Dorsey Swan, the first known queen of drag or drag queen. And his story just really represents the first queer known resistance in America in so many things that I'm going to get into later. So he was born William Henry Yonker in 1895 in Washington County, Maryland, and he was the oldest of He was the fifth oldest of 12 siblings. His mother, Mary, was an enslaved housekeeper, and his father was a weed keeper and an enslaved musician. Swan and his whole family were the legal property of Anne Murray until the Civil War began and the Union soldiers came to their plantation in 1862. And and I think it's so crazy that like they were legal property of somebody like she could do whatever the fuck she wanted with them you know so after being freed him and his family bought a plot of land and swan worked as a waiter before leaving maryland for dc in order to find a better job and make more money so when he got to dc he found work as a janitor at a local business college and he used his salary to send money back home to his family at that college he didn't only just be a janitor he used the material there to teach himself how to read and write because slaves at that time did not have access to any formal education or any education at the least so while he was in dc he began to host secret invite only parties called drag balls a play at the masquerade balls that the affluent white people would have so most of the attendees for these parties were people that william knew and people who were former slaves his family his parties were similar to the modern ballroom spaces that we see and have the same format of dance performances and contests and stuff like that and swan was known for his flamboyant and theatrical persona and in his space of people during those parties he would often call himself the queen of drag thus making him the first ever known or recorded drag queen so his house became known as the house of swan and was a space where queer people would come and take off the mask of society to find people who are similar to them and have community and swan was really one of the first ever people to create such a space that welcomed people who were former slaves and this is not to like focus on the fact that they were former slaves but they were queer and they had this queerness to them that wasn't like accepted or seen as anything that should be given space to but swan really just allowed them to gather and commune at his house to form a community but as usual you know 12 just 12 just gotta ruin everything so the first police raid of swan's party was in 1888 and there's a washington uh, post article dated april 13 1888 that was headlined negro dive raided 13 black men dressed as women surprised at supper and arrested fun fact the raid was during his 30th birthday party which honestly i think is incredibly goddamn rude you don't raid someone's birthday party 
first of all like you don't do that it's a person's birthday i mean i'm not i'm assuming they probably didn't know but even if they did they probably would either way but it's so rude to raid someone's birthday i take birthdays very seriously as a person if you know me you know and it was also noted that he was wearing a beautiful dress made of cream colored satin that got ruined when the cops were raiding his party again rude racist you don't ruin a bitch's dress point blank period anyway so in 1896 swan was again arrested but this time he was arrested for keeping a disorderly house which is the 1896 way of saying brothel essentially and he was sentenced to jail for 10 months but swan didn't do anything it wasn't a brothel it was a community of queer people it was a community of black queer people but no they just had to say it was a brothel because they couldn't pin him on anything else so he petitioned for his record to be expunged and cleared from president grover cleveland but he was unfortunately denied but he still petitioned and although he was denied this was the first instances in america we see someone legally try to fight for queer rights in america to fight for their right to gather and commune without being targeted to have their balls and to essentially occupy space in the quote-unquote land of the free and hope of the brave this isn't freedom this is an infringement of rights and swan knew that and swan protested and even though he was denied he still protested which i think is very notable honestly anyway despite the constant persecution swan continued to throw and host his drag balls until he retired from the scene and went back to his hometown in 1900 after his retirement his little brother daniel swan kept up with his brother's legacy making dresses and costumes for the drag community for like 50 years swan died in 1925 and when he did the city officials burnt his house to the ground, destroying all possible records and documentations. So Swan was a one of the first drag queens, and that's and what I personally find interesting was that after his death, his house was burnt down. And again, I have said this before, and I will say this again: this isn't a conspiracy theory podcast, but this is a podcast where we use deductive reasoning and critical thinking right this is this is a space where i encourage people to critically think about a lot of people and if you think about it right they didn't do this when he was alive because that was a time um of the kkk and stuff like that and they were they were like burning black people's houses but they didn't do it when he was alive they did it when he died and and in particular with the context that America is particularly notorious for the erasure of black people, specifically, even more intently, queer black people who are breaking and defying gender norms that were imposed by white society as the norm, it's not a far fetch to say that it could have been intentional. Now, I'm not saying it is, because I don't know personally, and we like facts in this podcast, but... It definitely could have been because if the erasure of those records would would make it very difficult for Swan to be a part of history because nobody would know of who he was and what he did and how important and vital and critical he is to the history of queer people in America, especially black queer people in America, because this is the first recorded drag queen. 
You know, this is not, this is, this is literal proof that queer people did not just exist during Stonewall. They were here when they were slaves. They were here for longer than that, perhaps more than we can even know and record because recording history has its own bounds, you know? And the erasure of those records would have made everything lost if we didn't have the people and the sources that did all this work and the author who wrote the book about House of Swan. If we didn't have people dedicated to find and scrape and scrimp for such morsels, they were destroyed. And I think that ties into a lot of the erasure that's still happening today that I will continue to highlight in this series. There's no space for black people in America. And aside from that, especially when these individuals are involved and are making space and doing extraordinary things and they're queer, there's an intentional erasure for their identities from the media because it is so... It is very hard for white people to give black people the space to be black without infringing, but it is even harder for them to give black people that space when they're queer. And they, it, it's very hard for people who live in a society that has conditioned them with white supremacy and had that question of white supremacy to understand and comprehend the nuance and intersectionality that comes with being black and comes with being queer. And but this isn't a story of erasure. You know, I can I can talk about that for a very long time. Like I can talk about anything for a very long time, but we're not talking about that. This is a story of Swan, who was so ahead of his time in the way that he bent the definitions of gender by being in drag and not only making space and allowing himself to do it, it's recognizing the, the lack and the gap in the community and filling it in his own house and in his own space. And these people knew that like they would be targeted for this. I mean, come on, they were just, they were literally just free from slavery these people knew that they were going to be targeted these people knew that they were not going to be safe these people knew that what they were doing could potentially cause harm for them especially swan because it was his house but you're thinking about a person who intentionally chose to live authentically to who he was despite all of that you know despite the the fear of literally the kkk and stuff like that because at that time, it was not a theory. It was a very real reality for them. And it's about how he was so intentional in making that space for him and his and other people and defending that space for police during those raids. Because that beautiful dress that I talked about, it got ruined because he was blockading the, the space. Those 13 that were arrested, 17 escaped. And when these people were arrested, the police took it upon themselves to make sure that these people had their names in the paper, to publicly shame them, and to give people access, essentially doxing them. It's the, it's the 1900s version of doxing, by putting their names in the paper. But these people risked it, and they, they chose to be defiant, and they chose to exist and to be proud about it. You know, and his story is so inspirational and such a reminder that African-American queer people have been here and they have been trailblazers in history for longer than we can literally imagine. You know, this is the earliest documented one, but I, I genuinely think there were more. They were more. And there were others who have lived and thrived and fought. And I think it's a comfort to know that, you know, there isn't anything new in the face of the 
in the face of the world. I think I said that in like one of my in the first episode, but there isn't anything new and in, in, in a way that's kind of a comfort because you you don't feel like an other. You don't feel like a concept that's new and misunderstood and has no place to trace itself. Like everything has happened. We just don't know about it, you know? So that is the story of William Dorsey Swan, a person who I personally thought was very important to highlight during this series. Because the point of it is to highlight people like that, highlight people who are not traditionally talked about and people who it's very easy for them to get lost when we're talking about history because queerness is so hard to... It's, it's not hard to fathom, but it's hard for some people to fathom queerness also being in the space of activism. You know, when activism is being presented in some spaces, it's very easy for them to present it with people who are fitting into the heteronormative mold so that they don't have too many contradicting factors about them. But this is a space and this is a story of someone who defied that. And that's the spirit of this podcast, defying everything, you know? So thank you for joining me for the first episode of my Black History Month series. Tune in for the rest of the series where we're highlighting other important black queer icons and head over to our TikTok where I'm going to be doing a fun series. You know, I, I love our TikTok and we're going to be doing unknown but important facts about black history from all across the diaspora and all across the times. And this month, our The American Funeral Podcast is going to be your one-stop shop for everything black history. Don't forget to follow our TikTok and our Instagram at The American Funeral to keep up and be part of the conversation. Yeah, not just views. I want y'all in the comment section too. So I have been your lovely host, Kylo Angeshi. If you've liked this episode, check out our other episodes on Spotify and don't forget to follow us and check us out every other day because this month I am posting every Tuesday and Thursday. Call that a Black History Month miracle, okay? So, stay woke and happy Black History Month.